Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. It's fair to say that in the world of alcohols, absinthe's reputation probably precedes it. Incredibly strong, vivid green, perhaps a bit potion-like, and uh, maybe in some people's minds, a wee bit retro. But one company is trying to bring it back in a big way, and it may just be the first ever commercial absinthe made in New Zealand. Kate Galloway is the co-founder of Hastings Distillers, and Kate joins me now. Kia ora to you. Kia ora to you. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. A lot of people in our audience, I imagine, might have heard that word absinthe and you know felt the, the chilly shadow of some misadventure committed in the early 20s, the details of which are mercifully shapeless. But you're actually, you're something of an absinthe connoisseur, Kate. I'm not sure that I could call myself an absinthe uh, connoisseur, but... Um, I do enjoy the odd absinthe, and uh, it is true that many visitors to our tasting room do have those stories about absinthe um, enjoyed in their murky past. Uh, <laughs> many of them, it seems to be, in the Czech Republic. Ah. Um, and yeah, but lo- lots of stories, of course, absinthe having been banned for so long, um, it found uh, favour again, and people are just um, really curious about it. But there is, of course, um, many murky stories around absinthe, many of them not true, many of them wildly exaggerated. And I think that has um, sort of stayed in uh, people's collective memory that absinthe is somehow, as it was illegal, it's still something to be a little bit afraid of, I suppose. Yeah, we'll get into that. But you, you mentioned that every, you know a lot of people uh, that you have in the distillery have stories about this. What's your story? When did you first try absinthe? Um, well, I first tried absinthe probably only in the 90s, I think, Mm -hmm. in Europe, um, where it was illegal for a long time in many um, countries. Um, But David's got a better story, actually, about um, going to Spain, where it was never, there was never a ban on absinthe in Spain. And Mm so he, him and friends, when they were um, late teens, used to travel over to Spain and get absinthe and then go to the mountains and the Pyrenees and hide out drinking absinthe and feel all very naughty. (laughs) (laughs) It does have this almost mystical reputation, doesn't it, as this uh, dangerous, consciousness-shattering, life-altering drink, which has probably helped, I-, I would think, by its association with you know artists and freethinkers of the, ni- the 19th century, in particular Oscar Wilde and, um, and Van Gogh and, um, and, and so on and so forth. Why do you... Why do you think that is? Is there an historical basis to it? Is it like a um, a, a teetotal, you know, prohibition kind of thing? Is there any historic? Yeah, is is there um, anything behind it? Well, that was part of it, but of course, um, so absinthe started in Switzerland in the late seventeen hundreds. 
by the uh, mid-1800s, it was wildly popular uh, as a cheaper alternative to wine. And, of course, what was happening at the same time was that um, France was plagued by the phylloxera, the louse that was brought over and um, infested the roots of the vines. Mm. Um, of course, it's a native of uh, North America, the, the phylloxera. Mm. Um and so it's uh, where they've, you know, through genetic um, mutation over, they've built up and been resistant to it. But of course, they hadn't had it in um, in Europe. And so, basically, all the a period from about, uh, I think it was roughly eighteen sixty three, um, they all the vines started being destroyed, and so wine was not readily available. Mm. Um, so, of course, the popularity of it started to increase. Um, it was cheap. And, and and then later on, the writers, um, sort of known absent drinkers, you mentioned James Joyce and his Hemingway, of course, Picasso, um, Van Gogh, Oscar Wilde, they sort of started, uh, they're responsible for the rise in the subculture. Um, and so effectively the people had stopped drinking wine and once the uh, vines were grafted onto uh, phylloxera-resistant rootstock Mm -hmm. and the wine industry was back on its feet again, um, combined with, of course, the sort of anti-alcohol lobby, but the wine industry in France was largely responsible for saying that it was making everybody go mad and and, um, they had some some dubious... uh, scientists do tests and you know <laughs> big wine came in and wanted to shut it down wow look at that that's yeah, um, it, yeah. it makes so us essentially that is and of course people were doing crazy things but that was just um, largely in part to drinking too much and yeah. of course absinthe is a very very strong drink so um you do need to be a little bit uh, prudent. <laughs> there is a different active ingredient in absinthe, isn't there? Um, that, that isn't present in other types of alcohol. Tujon, is that right? But but in such small quantities that that, that it um yeah yeah that's right. Um, so worm, the main ingredient. So wormwood's essentially the holy trinity is uh, wormwood, um, which is Artemisia absinthium. Mm-hmm. You have uh, fennel seed and aniseed. There are other ingredients, but those three are considered the main botanicals. Um, so wormwood does contain thuyone, and um, that can cause um, epileptic fits in very very high doses, but. Um, it's essentially not, it's being proven that it's not in um, levels high enough to cause uh, these problems. And of course, wormwood does have a lot of um, really good qualities as well. Mm. It's anti-inflammatory, it's anti-malarial, anti-parasitic. And um, we did actually, when we first released (laughs) our absinthe, I was a little um, worried. I thought, oh, I don't want people in the tasting room, you know, (laughs) having things (laughs) and so we, we did end up sending it at, at huge expense to a laboratory in um, in Germany to mm. get the thuyone level tested, and it came back that it was not even, um, you know, able to be detected. So I'm afraid if people are hoping that the absinthe will make them hallucinate, they may be disappointed. Sadly disappointed. <laughs> oh, well, hey, good on you for the full disclosure, though. So, look, you, yourself and uh, David uh, Ramonto, who you mentioned earlier of Hastings Distillers, you... you you're making this absinthe. Why did you? Why did you decide to do this? What was the impetus for it? Um, well, so originally we had um, planned an Art Deco event, which was a tribute to 
Hemingway and some of the um, cocktails he was particularly enamoured of, being a um, very prolific drinker. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, um, after the uh, Cyclone Gabriel decimated the region and the Art Deco Festival was called off, we had some... um, uh, our absinthe that we'd made for the event left over and tasted it and we thought oh, it's actually really rather good and um, what also happened was we were just about to release five eau de vie, so fruit brandy oh. and they all got um, washed away in the flood waters and um, so we were left with these cute little 350ml apothecary green bottles. So we just decided that we would produce some absinthe and um, a small amount. I mean, everything we do is very um, artisanal and small. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we made 444 bottles to gauge whether there was much interest. And, um, yeah, there really has been. People love coming to our tasting room in Hastings and um, they can partake in an absinthe ritual. Um, oh my! What, yeah. What's that? What's the absinthe ritual? Can you tell me, or is it a secret? Um, oh no, no, not at all. You can come in and order it off the menu. It doesn't happen late at night with the curtains drawn. Right. <laughs> um, so the absinthe ritual, of course, is um, we have beautiful, elaborate absinthe fountains. Mm-hmm. So it's a um, metal stem with a glass bowl on it, and it's um, contrary to what people think. You don't put the absinthe in it, but you put ice cold water in it. And they have these little cute um, taps that drip slowly the ice-cold water into the absinthe, which is very important Mm -hmm. um, to do it slowly so that you get the the louche happening. So that's that um, wonderful opalescent clouding. Um, We also have, um, for those that like it a little bit sweeter, um, the slotted spoon with the sugar cube on top so you direct the the drip of water over that sugar cube. Um, Although we find... Licorice and anise being um, naturally very, very sweet. Um, I don't think that the sugar is really required, but I think it's just all part of it. People enjoy it. So producer Bonnie and I were having a debate earlier about whether absinthe is a spirit or a liqueur. Can you please clear this up? Because it was my understanding that liqueurs um, have, have sugar added to them and that's what makes them liqueurs. But I don't really know what I'm talking about, Kate. Yeah, that, that is correct. Um, it doesn't generally, quality ones won't have sugar added to them. Um, there is that idea that the uh, you've got the bitterness of the wormwood, so you need to counteract it with some sweetness. Um, so I'm not really answering your question. <laughs> but it is. Uh, people do tend to refer to it more as a liqueur, although strictly it would be more of a spirit, okay. a very high sweet spirit. That's a very diplomatic way of putting it. I'm going to um, take that one as I, 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 <laughs> Sorry, I win. No, yeah. <laughs> now you mentioned Hemingway before, and um, and his fondness for absinthe. And Hemingway, in fact, uh, in a way, his favourite cocktail actually lent your particular batch of absinthe its its name. Is that right? Um, yes, that's correct. So um, Dita for short, but it's. Uh, Death in the Afternoon is the name of our absinthe. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, of course, Hemingway's book uh, released in, I think it was 1932. Um, it's probably one of the harder to read of his books, I have to say, about bullfighting in, in Spain. So not not one of my favourite mm-hmm. subjects. Um, but um, it was uh, also the cocktail that he created, which is a potent melange of uh, absinthe and champagne. <laughs> yeah. 
It's a pretty hardcore drink, that one, isn't it? You wouldn't want to have too many of them in one evening, I think it's fair to say. No, it, yeah, yeah, no, it, it is pretty hardcore. And um, in fact, at our recent event, because we revisited uh, the event for this year's Art Deco Festival, it's just taken place, and um, we did uh, reduce the quantities of absinthe um, to about a third of what he what the, what Papa's recipe calls what for. What Papa's <laughs> recipe, yeah, judicious, judicious, I would think. Now, um, I mean, how strong is the absinthe, by the way? And c- sort of connected to that, why does absinthe tend to be such high uh, proof? Um, hmm. I'm not sure that I can answer that, but it's always tended to be uh, sort of from late 50s to up up to, um, uh, you know, I've seen absinthe that's around about 90%. Yeah. Ours sits at 68%, right. um, which, which I think is, is uh, quite a nice level. And, of course, you're not drinking it straight, um, mm. and you should use it uh, very uh, sparingly in cocktails. Um, uh, well, if it's a, it's a good quality absinthe that has a lot of um, good aromas. Um, so, yeah, 68, typically it'll be diluted with water one to three or five parts. So that's bring, bringing your alcohol down. And you mentioned... And, um, also Oh, sorry. You, sorry. You, you mentioned the um, the botanical uh, c- components to to the drink. Um, where do those botanicals come from? Do you do you grow them yourselves? Do you do you forage around Hastings for them? Um, so we have what we call uh, gin gardens uh, spread across Hawke's Bay, and we're really blessed here that we've got such incredible uh, macro and micro climate right from the um, more mountainous areas inland right to the sea. So a lot of things grow incredibly well here. So dotted across Hawke's Bay, we've got um, our gin gardens, which are all um, – run organically or or, uh, more specifically biodynamically. So we're able to grow a lot of the um, components, Um, not all of them. So the um, aniseed is actually imported and we're very lucky um, we have friends in France who are spice merchants. Mm -hmm. And um, But yes, we're growing um, certainly most of the botanicals and um, also there's sort of two components to making the absinthe. You have uh, the distillation but then you also have the um, coloration of it, which we only use plant material, and we're certainly growing 100% of all of those botanicals that we use to colour it, the wonderful green. Okay, just finally on this, we've already talked about the Dita uh, cocktail, that is, Death in the Afternoon, Hemingway's one. Um, but what's your favourite way to enjoy absinthe? In a cocktail, or as you described earlier, the absinthe ritual? Um, I do like the ritual, but um, and having spent quite a lot of time in France, of course, having all those anise-based um, drinks like pastis and ricard, mm. which are typically drunk um, as an aperitif. So I do, I do really in, enjoy that. Um, but there are some wonderful cocktails out there, and they've all got fabulously dark names. Um, so probably the Corpse Reviver right. is one of my favorites. Yep, yep, that, that would come in handy. <laughs> That's quite lovely. Um, and the Necromancer uh-huh. as well. They're, they're both, I mean, they're actually very delicious cocktails, and, and um, I suppose they're given those names because of the association with absinthe rather than, yeah, how they taste. The legend of the absinthe <laughs> builds builds a pace. Beautiful stuff. Kate Galloway uh, from Hastings to Sillers. It's been lovely chatting to you today. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you very much. 
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.